This is the Kingdom Mogul Podcast. We help you grow your faith as you grow your business. And now, your host, Jesse Cole. Welcome to the Kingdom Mogul Podcast. I am your host, Coach Jesse Cole. Thank you for joining us today. I am excited for you, your family, and your business. I'm also excited about what God is doing to you, through you, for you, and in you. Listen, guys, we have a special guest today on the show. His name is Dr. Oliver T. Reed. We call him the relationship architect. What we're going to be talking about today is his new game called Interview that is just transforming the lives of those who are bold enough to engage with it. We're going to be talking about kingdom platforms and kingdom relationships and how to make sure that you don't get caught up in a spiritual entanglement. Whew. We don't have any nuggets on the table. This is a full meal. And I really hope that you stay at the table the whole time to get what you need. All right, here we go. Dr. Oliver T. Reed here on the Kingdom Mogul Podcast. Dr. Reed, welcome to the show, sir. I appreciate your time, man. Thank you, Jesse Cole. I appreciate you, brother. Yeah, man. So b- before we get into all the good stuff, because I'm pretty sure... The Holy Spirit is going to lead us down some terrain that we haven't even planned for, so I'm open to that. Um, share with the people like who you are and what you do. I know I had an intro before, but I want them to hear from your mouth. Like, What do you do? Well, um, again, my name is Dr. Oliver T. Reed. I'm the relationship architect, and I focus on four main areas, relationship with God, self-care, business relationships, and platonic and romantic relationships. Wow. And so those all author, philanthropist, just a servant husband, father. So you have, as we call, a bevy of platforms. You have a a bevy of um, kingdom platforms. And what we talk about this whole kingdom platforms um, concept is, uh, it's not about who you are. It's not about our titles. It's about how God can get his message out through us in these different areas of our life. So how can he use you as a father, as a husband, as a business leader, as a counselor, as an author. Like all of these mm-hmm. things are just different platforms for God to yeah. get the message out through you. So when you hear the term kingdom platform, what comes to mind? Man, when I hear the term kingdom platform, I'm thinking something that's out of this world. You know, I think of something that's in the world, but then has a whole nother system to it. And um, I think about royalty. I think about a system, a dynamic. Um, and so that's the first thing that comes to my mind, a nation within a nation, an order within an order. How did you get to the point to where you were like, you know what, I'm going to start expressing my gifts and my talents and my anointing on these different platforms or through these different platforms? Yeah, great question. I think the biggest way I started was just trial and error. I, I didn't even know I was starting. I was just going through my journey, experiencing my experiences. and was like, hey, I think out of all my mistakes, I think I can help some people. And I've always been a leader, even from you know high school up to college. And so I started to sit down one day. It took me 10 years to write my first book because I was just kind of second guessing it. It was before we had all these programs, I was writing on a piece of paper and then I was balling it up and going through all the changes we do as a writer, feeling insignificant. And it took me 10 years. And once I actually got it done, I mean, I, I signed with the wrong publisher. Everything you can think about happened. I was without uh, any royalties to my first book for about a year, two years. Uh, it was online. I wasn't getting anything from it. 
And so it really developed my passion. It really was kind of like the litmus test to say, hey, Jesse, you're doing this not to become rich or famous, but this is a part of you. And so when the book came out, it blessed so many people. And so I just kind of use my mistakes now to coach, to, to write, to inspire. I always say you have so much material that God gives you based on how you go through your opposition to come out the other side. So that led me to just doing all the things that I do right now. So how are you using those past experiences and those challenges right now to help people build their relationships? Yeah, I think basically uh, me being uh, someone who had been married before, uh, made, made a whole lot of mistakes, got married young, got married when I was 21, um, didn't know much about communication, father was absent. So now I kind of take those individuals under my wing who are experiencing that and not be so surprised by divorce or all these different things we face in the body. I would say the body, the church, the culture of the church and also in the world. And so now I just use those things that I wish I could have asked. I wish I would have been told. I wish I would have had the keys to. You mentioned kingdom. I always say that there's keys that come with the kingdom. So based on my experience and knowledge, I now have keys that I pass to other people. So that helps me in my coaching, that helps me in my book writing, and even in the creation of my game about relationships. But I also open up because I realize that this generation needs to see the scars or the roadmaps or the blueprints. So I'm very one of the kind of, I would pride myself in saying one of the most open guys that you'll see as far as what I go through and what I experience. What are some of the common things that you are seeing that are preventing people from having healthy relationships? Yeah, I think the biggest thing that I find out is communication. Uh, communication issues where people are really feeling like Jesse, that they don't have a communication problem. Most people you ask me have a community problem, I, I kind of say what I mean, she understands or he understands. And really, we don't get into the business of saying, hey, I understand you communicated from your end, but you got to adopt the other person's communication style. So I'm finding out a lot of people have been in marriages, been in relationships, dating, business, platonic, romantic, whatever, and have never really interviewed their significant other, interviewed their business partner. And when I say interview, not just the asking of the questions, uh, but from the standpoint of inner, the I-N-N, being able to look at the relationship from the inside out. So what I try to do is say, hey, let's flip this relationship and look at it internally first, build internally, and then look at the manifestation on the outside. So that's how I approach it. And it's really been candid to get people to look inwardly than outwardly. One thing that I've learned that as far as communication, it's all about perspective. Like there's this exercise yeah. that this year that you, that you um, have heard of as well. You have two people looking the opposite way, but they're in the same room, but they see something different. Like mm -hmm. they're together, mm -hmm. perspective, what they see is different. So you may ask one person, what do you see? They, they may see, I, I see a window. Other person say, I see some awning or I see a door or I see a plug. Well, we're in the same room. We're seeing something different. Yeah, it's, it's funny you say that because I do an activity uh, with the sheet of paper. And it's all about communication and people's perspective. And um, I'll show up a slide that says, it shows these two stick figures. And, and one of the stick figures say, I'm right. And the other stick figure says, me too. Right? So everybody is in this funk or in this predicament or perception that they are right until they are able to step out of themselves. And so basically my right may be your left and your left might be my right. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I come to the realization of sharing with clients and people that I come in contact with that nobody's wrong, per se, is it that their perception. And like you said, what they view and how they see it and when they see it. And then their whole subcultural background of experiences. It always asks people, when you, when you talk about relationship, what does that mean? 
for person X relationship with just me, my cousin, and you know, a couple family members. To someone else, it's extended family. It's aunts and uncles. It's everybody on my block is considered family. So if you don't have those conversations, now both of you are in a relationship, but you're looking at the word family or whatever the word is from two different areas and expecting the other person just to understand where you're coming from. Now, there are people who are, who may listen, listen, listen to what you're saying, and they may be asking, what qualifies this Dr. Oliver Reed, the relationship architect, what qualifies him to teach us, to counsel us, to train us on these issues? And I really love that question because it allows us to go deeper and to share our battle scars. So yeah. this time right now, like what qualifies you? What battle scars do you have that qualify you to speak to this subject? I think the biggest thing that I tell people is that all of my scars are not healed. I still have open wounds, even deeper than scars. I still have open wounds uh, of me growing up without a father. I still deal with that every day. My father was murdered in 2010. We were estranged for years, reconciled, but that's still a scar or still a wound that I still face. Went through a broken marriage. Uh, I have two beautiful children that came out of a previous marriage that I'm still fighting and battling to be a father uh, because of systems and succinct systems in society and how it paints. So it's almost as I'm giving out, I am also giving in, right? And I always say this, you know, Bible readers, we talk about kingdom. Jesus healed a lot of people, but one of the things he did with the lepers, he did something that was very, very fascinating. He told them to go show themselves. And, and that took a lot because if you know about leprosy, they were ostracized outside of the camp, but they actually were told to go show themselves to people who knew their past. And so basically, I talk to a lot of people and I reveal my past, what I'm still going through. Also, in a marriage now, going through things in that marriage, learning, uh, part of a uh, blended family dynamic. Um, so just learning. So that qualifies me as well as education and the spirit of God showing my revelation, but also still making those mistakes and learning from them. Yeah. You mentioned the spirit of God, which is, I love talking about being spirit led, especially for those of us who are in the marketplace. How are you spirit-led in your business? Yeah, one of the biggest things that I do is it, it's being led by, some people call it intuition, but I say the spirit that just tells you, eh, maybe great money over there, but that's not where I want you to go. Being able to decide, hey, this is a good idea, but what's a God idea? And then what's a God idea for that moment? Because one of the things I tell entrepreneurs, you may have a God idea, and I'm learning this, but it may not be for that moment, and we try to jam pack that in to doing the conference or doing whatever we feel that needs to happen in that moment. It doesn't mean that God's not saying it. it doesn't mean that he's not in it. It's just not the timing. So learning what's the balance of my time and how to go with the flow and also to be flexible and to understand this very, very principle um, that I try to focus on the seed time and harvest time. And once you know that, that I may be planting a seed that I may not see for 10 years, that doesn't mean I'm ineffective. And as we're talking about, you know, being spirit led, the relationship between us and God um, is ushered by the spirit, right? And so mm -hmm. I believe we really can't give ourselves to anybody else or to a dream or to a career like fully unless we know or until we know who we are in Christ. So let's talk yeah. about that for a minute. Talk about that relationship between us and Christ and what does a healthy relationship look like in, in that perspective? Yeah, I think a healthy relationship means you always stay hungry. Um, in your relationship with God, in your relationship with Christ, you always stay hungry. And I always say it's that increased reliance. 
you know, every day I have to creature of the lights because sometimes we get so full of stuff and things, we feel like we got it. Uh, opportunity, calendars, full job, whatever it may be, that we don't need them. But you always got to say, I increase my reliance. I have to find out in the midst of all these great things, who's greater. And I think that finding out that he's greater, that everything comes from him, that he inspires. In him, we move, live, have our being. But not only about that, that I have a relationship of communicating with him, which means that not only am I talking to him, I'm allowing him to speak in my spirit. And also, this is the thing I learned in the experiences and those around me. Sometimes we're like, it's just me and Jesus, right? But what Jesus is trying to speak to you through your administrator that says, get it together, to your, to your, your children, to your wife, to your companion, through these experiences. So being king, I'm saying, Lord, let me hear through the experiences that are happening around me. Because sometimes you might not speak directly to me. You might be speaking through somebody else. Hmm. That's some good eating right there, man. That's some good eating right there. When you think about everybody who has either come through your program or God has allowed you to minister to, can you share a, a highlight moment or a good story about somebody who came in one way, but after they came into contact with what God was doing through you, their life was transformed? Yeah, I think what my mind goes through, I did a course years ago called Ministry Not Impossible developing your assignment for ministry. And I think that was like about 10 years ago. And with that, it was kind of like cutting edge at the time because people were not talking about what we were talking about, marketplace ministry. So I had about 12, 15 people that was on this virtual call. It was like free conference call, but we had Zoom and all that stuff. They were coming on calls and I was ministering to them for weeks. And so many people started to realize, I have a ministry that is not pulpit oriented. It's not um, five-fold as far as the traditional five-fold approach. And so I said, hey, you can go into business with t-shirts and books. And I started ministering to them. Come to find out, man, these people have graduated from that course. They've gone on to be apostles and pastors and prophets. But they also have t-shirt businesses, clothing lines. And they're doing things in their matron. And they're doing things in their mantra. And it's, it's so exciting to look back and say, hey, 10 years ago, some of them are active now. Some of them are doing film to say, hey, that's their ministry. And they didn't have to. Um, bow down to the status quo of just being physical church oriented. Yeah. As, as we're talking about marketplace ministry, oftentimes we, especially of those of us who are believers and we are in the marketplace, sometimes we can look at traditional business practices and what the world is doing and try to adopt some of that and bring it into what we're doing. Now, I really believe that we can look at what everybody else is doing and glean, but there are just some principles that we're not supposed to hold on to. So can you yeah. talk about um, the importance of not being inundated with what traditional business practices are telling you to do. Yeah, I think that's so important to be led, going back again, being led by the spirit which separates us from the carnality of the world. And I've learned this in my season. I'm in the season, it's been a very tough season, Jesse, very hard season that God has been telling me to bless business-wise people who have despitefully used me. Not just having a conflict, not just over, but you know good and well that they don't mean you any good. And God's been like, still send them the lead. Still promote their book. Still help them. And I'm like, this is somebody that sabotaged me, Lord. He's like, but the principles of the king, it says that the kingdom of heaven suffers violent violence taken by force. But he says, this is the powerful thing. We don't always give a lot of times in the secular business world what is godly. For example, corporate America, I pull everybody down so I can go up. I'm going to be the brightest bulb in the room. 
where the dynamic of the kingdom is that I'm going to sow unto you because I know whatever I sow unto you, I'm going to reap. So when I sow honor on people who bring dishonor, I break the cycle of dishonor. And I, one of the things that's powerful is if I honor you with a pure heart, then even if you have just evilness towards me, I'm now broke the cycle of that evil because I freed myself from the reaction. I freed myself from being bitter or the spirit of offense. So I'm learning more and more in business there. And you notice by being in the kingdom marketplace and, and this business, a lot of the bitterness that we see is right in the subculture of the church that people are so angry at each other. And it allowed me, because I've actually released that, to be free in my business, to be free to not worry about if somebody takes my idea, to be free with just being the best me I can. Man, that is a, I'm, I'm sure that's a hard lesson to learn. And I'm, I'm pretty sure that you're still going through the process yeah. of, of learning it. But where you are right now is where I believe, where you're supposed to be. I think, I think God can, can use where your willingness to submit your pride and, and your hurt and your pain. And like, okay, God, do what you want to do. I'm being obedient. Do what you want to do. So you're planting those seeds of obedience. And whenever you plant those seeds of obedience, the increase is much more bigger than what you planted, man. So I want to yeah. thank you for submitting to that, man, that lesson because I can imagine how hard that is, man. Yeah, it's, it's extremely hard, and I've been really, you know, some days I miss it. You know, some days I'm like, oh, I'm not sitting in this, you know. And I go through my whole season of going back and forth, and then the Lord just, like, release it. And I'm finding a way to do that. Yeah, man. So let's talk about your your new invention or your new thing, right? Uh, yeah. Your game, interview, right? Manhandle, the interview edition. So I have my copies here, right? Appreciate it. Right? And so those, I, 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 want, I want to teach you guys a lesson. And you, are, you guys already know this, and I know you know this. I've been knowing you for about almost 10 years now, so you already mm -hmm. know. I really believe in not just um, buying our brothers and sisters' um, product, but actually using it. And using it to a point to where if you experience transformation, that you aren't so prideful that you can't tell that person, hey, this helped to transform me, right? And so I got mine a couple of weeks ago. I ordered it. So here's the book, and here is the cards right here. I want you guys to know. Yeah, 29 cards, yep. Talk more about um, the genesis of this. Like, why did you do this? What kind of feedback have you gotten so far? And what is your expectation moving forward? Great, great question. Thanks again, man, for the support. I was so excited to get that to you. And one of the biggest things that this game came out of was, again, like I mentioned earlier, my past mistakes of not asking the hard questions, being in relationships, when then I'm having to come back and figure like, oh man, I wish I would ask this earlier. And then, you know, those uh, easy questions where you feel like, when do I ask this question? So I took just some of the games I loved as a kid and put it in an adult format. So you got the Uno depiction, you have the charades, different things you can do with the cards. But what I did, man, and uh, you know, I have a good friend, we have a mutual acquaintance, uh, Kelly Cole. Yeah. And one of the things we always talk about is how you take one thing. And sometimes this is a, a key to, the entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs that may be listening is that sometimes we jump off one thing and we think we have another thing. But what I did is I took a book called Manhandle, which is a communication book about men and what we go through from, so that women can see what we go through. Then I created a workbook from that game. I mean, a workbook from that book. And then I created the game from the book and the workbook. Okay. So basically, this is another format or extension of the book that I've written. Because some people will get the game and not read the book. Some people read the book and not the game. Either way, you get the message. And so it's all about building those communications from the inside out.
you just dropped a dime on us. And I want, I don't want to miss, I don't want people to miss. Right. And so people feel as if, okay, I've written this book and that's it. Well, there, there can be multiple spinoff products that come from that one 50 page book that you wrote. Right. Yes. Full spinoff. So you got a book. Now you have a game. Well, you had a workbook. Now you got a game. You have t-shirts. You're doing conferences. You have coaching programs all from one book you wrote years ago. So talk yep. about the importance of the, 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 the principle of multiplication. Well, yes. That's, that's what's happening right now. Yeah, that's a powerful principle. One of the things that, going back to the talents, we're in the principle of talents, you know, he gave everybody certain talents, and some people had different variations of the talent. And I always say that what's in the loaf is in the crumb, or what's in the crumb is in the loaf. Yeah. And sometimes we want a bigger portion of the pie, but it, once you mix that stuff up, you can't pull out what's been ionized. All the ingredients are there. I might have the crumb, but what you do with it, right? And so we looked at the standpoint of saying, okay, this, this book, how can I keep this book alive? And I know you work with a lot of writers and publish, you're a publisher. So people tend to think that I'm, I'm done. And really, you, you can do a whole series out of chapter one. You right. can do a whole workshop, a whole expansion. Out of so I just said, hey, man, take that one product, market it in so many different ways. And I started to realize, man, I've gotten more feedback a lot of times from the game than I did the book. But then now people get the game. And guess what happens when you do that? They go back and they purchase everything. Catalog. Yeah, man. That's, that's kind of what, what I, I kind of look at book writing as, I think I made a share this with you some years ago, if you remember. Mm -hmm. um, when I write a book, it's all about, that's my mixtape. Mm. And so when you yeah. have a mixtape, you don't put everything on the mixtape. You just give enough so people can go back and learn more about you and purchase your whole catalog, right? Yes. My books are just ways to get me in the door. Because if, if this is good to you, just imagine what a live event would do. Just imagine mm -hmm. what coaching is going to do. Just imagine what a conference can do if I had the opportunity to be in a room with your leaders for an hour, two hours, three hours. Just, you know what I'm saying? So like, that's how I approach yep. writing books now. I'm not trying to be um, the best seller of everything. I'm trying, what I'm trying to do is make sure that you get the message and you get what you need and then you can yeah. check the, the back catalog, man. Yes, man. exactly. Yep. So this is what I'm going to do. I don't want to get away from this manhandle game, this interview game, because it's, the packaging is great. It's excellent. It's kingdom, and I want to make sure that the people understand what kind of content is inside this, this game. So I pulled out a card. I'm going to read um, some of the questions from one of these cards, all right? So on each card, there, there are about four or five questions, depending on what the, what the card is. Mm -hmm. And so here, here, here are some questions that you're going to be able to engage with with your, with your spouse or with your group, right? Have you ever been unfaithful in your relationship? If so, what were the ways you were unfaithful? Listen, man, that's an hour right there. <laughs> right? Right there. And so here's the thing. Some people may feel as if they've been physically unfaithful. Other people may feel as if they've been spiritually unfaithful or, you know, um, emotionally unfaithful. So you're going to get so many answers from just this one question, man. Like yes. these kind of questions are going to stir the pot but it's going to bring about healing at the same time. Yep. Yeah, it's one of those things that, one of the things that we did, you know, when God gave me this, and I would say, 
Spirit Inspired was to make it self-reflective. So each of these questions talk about yourself. It's not about looking across the room and figuring out what's your wife doing, significant others. You can, you know, play this game as a single. You can play this game as couples against couples. There's four or five different variations you can play it, but at the end of the day, it's all about you. And people are learning from you as you answer those questions. Yeah, man. Another question. I'm going to try to read off four because they that good. Okay. And get, listen, I just, I, I, I just put it out the package. I didn't know what I was going to get. Okay. Um, are there things that stimulate you in a relationship? What are some ways you are stimulated in a relationship? That's a great question right there because sometimes, mm -hmm. especially from a, from a husband perspective, I'm still discovering what stimulates my wife, whether yeah. it's conversation or um, what kind of food makes her feel good. I knew she liked sunsets, but I didn't know how much until we went on vacation together where it was like we went on the beach for almost two hours and she was taking pictures of a sunset. And she was like, man, this is one of the best vacations I've ever had. And we just looked at a sunset. Right. So I got some brownie points on that. <laughs> yes, sir. Third question. What is your idea of the perfect date? What would make that date special? Why would you put that question on there? Because sometimes we just totally miss it. You know, just like what you were saying, like sometimes you, you as men, sometimes we are put in a position where we have to lead. And sometimes we're like, hey, you know, society, you got to figure this stuff out. But I'm learning it. If somebody likes something and I find out what they like, I just give them what they like, right? And sometimes we make it so hard. Like, you know, I've been some places and people are like, I ain't really need all that. All I really needed was the sunset, right? All I really need. So a lot of times we get in the beach house, across town, you know, high rise in the inner city when they just want to see the sunset. So what I love about that question is they can tell you without having that awkward conversation of this, where you want to go. You know how it is, what you want to do. I don't know what you want to do. So now you kind of can answer in a fun way to figure out what your idea of date is and get some clues. And brothers, especially us, we can kind of get some brownie points without having to come directly. Because a lot of times women are wise will say to you, hey, I just want you to figure it out. Don't you know what I like? Don't you do whatever? So it's really having to use your words and then get an answer without asking directly. What I like about these questions is it kind of encourage. I don't want to say force you, but it encourages you to communicate and embed it in these questions are people's love languages, even if they don't know about it, right? Yep. Last question. What are the ways you handle conflict or challenges in your relationship? That's a good question too. Yes. Depending on how we were raised and what we saw growing up, we may handle it that way. Why mm -hmm. did you put that question in there? Yeah, for that very reason that people come with, with all types of baggage. And a lot of people I'm finding out are in a relationship, they're terminating marriage, they're terminating so many different things because of not understanding the context. You know, and you can really be in love with somebody but not being able to communicate with them. And then, you know, if you're communicating with them where they are, you're not understanding that before you got there, there was a whole backdrop. I got to deal with mommy and auntie, how you were raised and what your mom told you your man was and vice versa. So you, if you're able to kind of get an awareness, I always tell people, you can save a marriage, you can save anything if you can just become aware. I'm going to agree to be aware. I don't agree with your behavior. I don't agree with how you handle things, but I can understand why uh, and give you a little bit more grace in the area to work through it. So now that you have this game and um, more lives are going to be transformed because of your obedience, what is God telling you about your business right now? Yeah, it's really uh, from a standpoint, if you see what I'm doing, really to, to, to really break that communication open. 
to really, you know, I had all these things playing. I'm sure like everybody else before COVID hit that I was going to be doing these virtual game parties. And one of the biggest things I wanted to do is put people in the area to have good, clean fun to start communicating. And so my biggest thing now, what the Lord is telling me is simple. Keep it simple. You know, a lot of times we were trying to do whatever. Keep it simple. You may have, and Jesse, you can test this because I, I see all the amazing things you create. When you're creative, that's very hard because I can really create every day something. So I'm learning to just say, okay, let me go back to make sure that my focus is clear. Number one on you. What am I hearing from you? How am I going to apply it? And how does it save and build people's lives? And so just keeping it simple, keeping everything about communication, you know, pushing people to understand more about their communication because that affects every area of life. I want you to speak to three people right now. Mm -hmm. Speak to the person who may be single, who is trying to learn themselves um, speak to the person who may be married and they maybe they're on the brink of like saying, I just can't get through to this person. And they want to learn how to communicate better with their spouse because they're like on that brink right now. Mm -hmm. And then speak to the person who, who got some skin in the game. They've been, they, you know, they, they, they got a few points on the board. They've been here for a minute. They got the battle scars and they are in the, they're in a position where they have to make, they, they feel a transition coming but they don't know what to do next. Right. I'll start with the first one, with, with the individual who is single. Realize that, you, you know, that we get married to become single. Um, I think that's the biggest thing, that in your singleness, you're not losing anything, um, but you just enjoy yourself, ask yourself. And one of the reasons I created this game was that you can ask yourself the hard questions. Because as you pick out of that deck, it's gonna be you answering those questions. So you can look yourself in the mirror and be 100% honest with yourself and realize you're not getting married or getting engaged, whatever you want to do to become happy. That your happiness comes from if you have a relationship with Christ Him, but then also finding somebody that will enhance your happiness, but don't put all that responsibility on them to make you happy. Second person, yeah, go ahead. You said, you skipped over this. I'm not going to let you do that, man. <laughs> we get married to become single. Yes. The thing that came to my mind was the two shall become one. That's some good yeah. there, man. Yeah. And when I learned that, because now enjoy who you are as a single person, but understand you're never going, even when you get married, to escape that singleness. You're just going to have another person that you got to back into and mess together to become one. Um, and it goes back to where you, God created man. Out of him, you put woman. Made a woman have a womb. Man don't have a womb, but they're still there's still one particular individual. And I always tell people, she is not an alien. He is not an alien. They come from each other. You come from that oneness to where when God, this is the thing that blew me away, Jesse, when God called Adam, a lot of women get it wrong. Like, yeah, the man was ahead. That's why he called Adam. True. But he was calling him as a single unit. So he didn't have to call Eve. Or neither did he have to breathe into Eve, if you look at Genesis, because he had already breathed into Adam. So Adam and Eve are one and the same. And so they have different perspectives. And that's the part about different perspectives, different roles. And that a lot of times brings a lot of communication conflict. But that part, you get married to become single. And I think what you do that, if you're not enjoying your singleness, most, most people who don't enjoy their singleness don't enjoy, singleness don't enjoy their marriage. Because you weren't happy with yourself for being single. So now when you get in marriage, you're happy because now you got to deal with other people inside your own relationship. But that's another whole talk show. <laughs> um, but the person that is married, I think the biggest thing in there struggling and ready to give up, you have to look and see a lot of times to hold on to what's left, what, what good thing. 
Um, and in the book I talk about, I came out with another book with the game. I forgot to mention this. That book is called uh, Six Ways to Examine Your Relationship from the Inside Out, which means they are only, Jesse, the six categories of the game. So I do the book just based on the six categories. But in there, I talk about investments. And we, we talk about mutual funds. We talk about um, investment funds. So people never invest in their relationship. So it's hard for you, I mean, easy for you, let me say, for you to walk away because you haven't put in an investment. But when you invest in the relationship, because nowadays you make me happy or not, I make you happy, but nobody's making the marriage happy, all right? So when everybody's ready, they're not happy anymore, they walk away, there's nothing in the investment account that keeps y'all together. And so I'll teach you how, hey, let's put something in this investment account. So time, affirmation, do you have a love box? Do you have something that you have special memories that y'all pour into? So when times get hard and he act like a knucklehead and you doing whatever, I would say, oh, but we do have something in this account. To the person that, third question you ask, the person that feel like they got it all together, stay hungry. The pinnacle of your last level, I always say, is still the basement of your new one. There's people that still get divorced that I talk to, still go through relationship issues that have been married 40 years, 20 years, and they still say, hey, one day, I'm done. So you can never say, hey, I, I, I got it all together. Stay hungry and humble. Man, so as you were talking, and I want to honor your time, but I also want to be led by Holy Spirit with this question. Yeah. So we're talking about relationship, and we just, we just saw how one of, the, one of our most prized couples in our, in our coaching mm -hmm. got caught up in, in entanglement, right? Yeah. So as I was listening to that, I was listening, okay, God, like, what are you really saying? What really happened? How can we ensure that we don't let the enemy in to the point to where it starts feeling okay for us to do what we want to do in our relationships? Yeah, I think that, that that's a big question, a good question, because a lot of times it starts with, you know, I was having this conversation before with individual like It starts with just, you know, I don't think people set out a lot of times say, hey, this is how it's going to end. But when you just bite a piece off. And that first piece tastes good. I think the biggest thing is going back to communication, being able to communicate effectively. I'm being tempted. And a lot of times I talk to men, especially, and they're like, I can't really go to my wife and say that I'm being tempted at work. Or I'm, you know, there's an there's a opportunity for entanglement um, until I'm entangled. And then once I'm entangled, then I know I can't tell. You know? So then, you know, it's, it's this little bit of hiding, a little bit of whatever it is. And next thing you know, you, it's fully conceived. And so I think the biggest thing for individuals to realize is that when it happens, be honest, create that whole communicating style. And I was sharing on another interview the other day is that when you start trusting and you start just beginning to talk about anything at first, because a lot of times we want to talk about the heavy stuff. People want to ask questions when they're in crisis. You know, one of the things I've been telling people, don't try to fix your marriage. Don't try to fix your stuff going on with you right now in the pandemic. There's always enough stuff going on. So now we got COVID. Now we're trying to fix our... You know, well, we're trying to figure out how we're going to eat every day, how we're going to stay safe, and now we want to really deal with 40 years of our marital issues. Nobody's listening at that point. But if you start talking while things are good, while the dog is barking, everything's going good, you talk about hard issues, then I get used. It's like working out. I get used to putting stuff on you. And so it's not a surprise. And I think building that communication daily, um, building, you know, having those conversations still won't prevent it, but it will definitely build a buffer around it if you have that good, open communication. Starts with that, as you said, that little piece, that little, we leave, like we leave the door open just a little bit for the enemy to yep. put his foot in there. And once he yep. has his foot in there, you got hell in your house. Yeah. 
even if it's a little bit of hell. You got hell in your house. Where can people find out more about you, man? Yeah, I'm pushing everybody now to www.communication.com. There you can find out different things. You can, of course, put my name in social media or Dr. Alvin T. Reed, Google, you find the books and everything. But I'm really pushing people. I have a free masterclass um, that I'm trying to get people to just go look at about 10 minutes where it talks about, especially women, how to fix the communication in your relationship, even when your man doesn't want to talk. And so understanding, trying to get women and, you know, even men to understand why there's a communication breakdown and why does he go into shutdown mode um, when he's had enough. And sometimes I've talked to women, they don't get it. Like he's, he didn't just leave uh, at the divorce. He was gone 20 years ago. And so, you know, just trying to get people to see that and work on their communication. Good stuff, man. Any last words before we uh, finish up here? No, man. Thank you for your time, man. I'm inspired. I love what you do, man. And I appreciate being on the call today. Thank you for listening to the Kingdom Mogul Podcast. You can support the podcast by subscribing, downloading your favorite episode, and sharing the podcast via social media. Don't forget to visit KingdomMogulCoaching.com to find more resources to help you grow your faith as you grow your business. Remember, what you want to become depends on your willingness to become it.